Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode. Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. All right, race fans, let's get rowdy. The next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only, racing. From the third tracks of the Carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega, no race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. I'm Rowdy Maglite, and we're live at Darlington, Kyle, in the radio room in the media center. Welcome to the show. Hey, Rowdy. We got a lot going on this weekend. We got the uh, Cole Cracker 72 at Big Diamond Speedway for the finale there for the year with Big Di- uh, with Ken Bruce calling at 7.05 Eastern, 6.05 Central. And uh, got Seals Grove having a show. A lot going on, Rowdy. The Juniana County Fair starting. Labor Day's right around the corner, and you can't forget about the Southern 500. So you're there, and I'm I'm glad that you finally made it there. Uh, I'm here safe, and uh, they've got a little. Uh, I guess it's a run, 5K, some kind of run going on now, Kyle. Uh, a band's playing on the outside till seven. So uh, a lot of activities going on. And Kyle, a lot of people here already. I mean, I got here uh, probably in the infield about four o'clock. And considering how many was here last year, a year ago, there's a few more campers here. Yeah, Rowdy, the Southern 500 on Labor Day weekend's a big tradition, and I'm glad it's back. It's been back since 2015, so I'm glad you made it for the second year in a row. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting race. I think it's going to be like the spring. Um, I think it's, you know, it's going to, it's going to be at the end of the nighttime. Um, a little different now, you know, starting in the day, ending at night. And uh, at the end of the night, you know, they'll uh, have us on the Southern 500 winner. Maybe we'll see a new winner. Maybe we won't. So uh, it's also the first round of the playoffs in the round of 16. So uh, first race of that round. And, uh, you know, uh, we finally set the grid uh, for the 2022 playoffs. And uh, Brian Blaney at the last spot. So, um, a lot going on, Rowdy. We also have some owner's points news uh, with the 45 car. Bubba Wallace going on the 45 the rest of the year. I thought that was some pretty big news. Um, you know, with Kurt Busch's win at Kansas, they locked the 45 into the owner's title, so that's what they decided to do with swap cars and uh, put Bubba in the 45 until he gives him the 23 for the remainder of the year. So, Rowdy, a lot going on. Denny Hamlin not running the Xfinity race with Christopher Bell stopping in. So, there's still a lot we got to go over, and I know there's a lot. Of, and also with Playoff Media Day as well. Yes, uh, Kyle, we've got several of those that uh, we're going to play while we can tonight <laughs> and try to hustle some more off tomorrow, Kyle, sometime. Yeah, Rowdy, no uh, no, no on-track activity until Saturday morning with the Xfinity Series uh, practice and qualifying and cup practice and qualifying the Xfinity race on Saturday and then the the cookout Southern 500 Sunday night on a, on USA. So uh, a lot going on. I think it's USA Rowdy. Maybe it's NBC. I don't know. Maybe you, you probably know more than I would. But, uh, yeah, it's still, still a big race. Um, 
you know, uh, Darlington, 367 laps, 500 miles. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to the weekend. And, you know, maybe, maybe I know, unfortunately, won't make the Big Diamond Sunday, but hope, maybe I'll get to see Lums Grove. Don't know yet, but um, still working on things. But we'll see what happens here in the next few days. And uh, keep you posted. I look at the site and the Facebook page as well. Well, Kyle, uh, yeah, up until last week, it would been had been six weeks since I'd been to a track. <clears throat> but it was nice to get back, even though we had a little threat of rain there and a lot of threats of rain. But it's Florida. It's August. It's kind of way it rolls. It wasn't nothing that lasted all day. But unfortunately, it was enough to cancel Saturday and bring it over to 10 o'clock Sunday morning. But they did get it in. Yeah, it was tough uh, with Daytona. Um, they get it in Sunday. It took three and a half hours to finish, but they finished the last, like, 16 laps or so. So that was good to see that Austin Dillon got the win, uh, walked into the playoffs with the victory, uh, locked out Martin Truex Jr. for making the playoffs, finishing second last year in the final four. And, you know, uh, now it's, um, you know, one Gibbs, Les Gibbs car in the playoffs. I don't know right now, Rowdy. I know Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson are the co-favorites for the race, but um, I think uh, probably gonna, you're probably going to have to get it out of those two. I think they're, they're, they're probably the top two drivers right now, especially when you go to Darlington. Yeah, well, it's uh, three beautiful days here, guys, and if you had never been to Darlington, it's time to get your stripe on and come on out here for the weekend, Kyle. Let me know you're here. We'll come, I'll come out and we'll grab a pitcher. A pitcher? Kyle, it, 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 it's always a hustle to get from one camp to another, though. One race <laughs> to the next, you know, Darlington and now uh, Daytona. So, uh, yeah, a lot going on. And, yeah, you start to see the first round of the playoffs and the Cup Series. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, it is. Uh, we've got ARCA on at DeCoin, Kyle. That would have been – I would have liked to went to DeCoin and watched the map. Race on that mild dirt, flat dirt track. The coin is a big one, uh, you know, and, um, you know, Arkham and Art Series is going to be the 21 cars on her for the 100 lap race. So, uh, interested to see how that's going to play out. Corey Heim in the 15. Uh, Jesse Love trying to win the double, the $50,000. So, that's, that's a big deal. So, a lot going on. Sammy Smith, Taylor Gray. Uh, Kenny Schrader back in the 11 car, Kelly Kofsky back in the 16. So uh, those are your heavy hitters. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of dirt racing this weekend. Kyle, I guess everything in Pennsylvania is like it is around here. It's all coming to the season finales. That time of the year. And, uh, yeah, it's time to wrap up. So we're waiting on Ken Bruce from uh, Big Diamond getting us ready for the cold cracker 72. What's the 72 for, Kyle? What's what's the meaning of that? It's 72 laps and uh, 17,000 to the winner. And also, uh, yeah, also, like I said, Seals Grove uh, has 11,000 to win for the late models on Sunday night, same night. So, um, a lot going on, 410 sprint cars, 5,000 to win 25 laps. So um, that's kind of what's going on here in PA, and I'll keep you posted on Port Royal as well. 
Well, Kyle, while we're waiting on uh, Ken to call in, let's go on this. We, we got a short one here with uh, Christopher Bell. And if Ken calls, we'll just stop and go in from there, okay? Well, you know, does it change at all because of just how close everybody is? You know, there's they're in, you know, in the past, you'd have a few drivers who pretty much knew they'd get at least the second round, if not the third. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it makes our playoffs a little bit easier uh, than what it was last year because um, everyone in front of us is a little bit closer to us. So last year, whenever we got into the playoffs, um, we knew that we needed to capitalize on more bonus points this year. And this year, I think we ended up with a couple more, but just the whole field ended up, or a couple of the guys up front ended up with less points and kind of brought them back to us. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely not a uh, clear-cut group of guys that, you know, have a bunch of bonus points that can kind of cruise their way through the system. So, going to have to make sure that you perform, you know, every single race. And I think that it's going to, uh, increase the intensity for sure because you can't have guys that are out there riding around uh, like you could have in years past. And what do you think changed after the first five or six races? Was it just luck or did you guys do something or did you race any sort of differently or did anything change that kind of turned your felt like kind of turned your season from that early hole? Yeah, I think it was just a misfortune early in the year and, and just the way that the schedule lays out with Daytona starting the season. Um, that's, you know, it's so much is out of your control there. And then we went to California, ended up blowing up an engine. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that a lot of it was just circumstantial stuff and we performed well in those first five races. We just didn't have great box scores. So leaving those races, even though, though we were down in the points, I was still feeling good about our group and how we performed um, and we finally started to get the results that we needed after we got uh, some momentum on our side. Right, our next question will come from Nathan Solomon. Go ahead, Nathan. Thank you, Christopher. Thanks for the time today. Obviously, last year, first playoff run. Um, this year, you know, a little bit more momentum behind you. What have you learned from last year's playoff run that you can transfer over to this year? Yeah, last year's playoff run was a uh, definitely a learning experience and just, you know, not beating yourself. So the first round went um, decent, even though we had a couple flaws, we were still able to make it through that first round. And then the second round, we started off at Las Vegas with a 24th place finish. So um, just not eliminating ourselves. I think that we have the performance capability in this number 20 group to make it deep into the playoffs. Um, it's just going to be a matter of if we can execute and, you know, get away with, uh, limiting our mistakes and getting the results that we are capable of getting. Uh, and this summer has been obviously been a really good strategy with the victory. How well do you think um, you can build off that end of the first round? And, and how well do you like those three tracks here at the round of 16? Yeah, so really all of the tracks minus Talladega, I, I really enjoy and have um, a lot of fun at. So, you know, the playoffs, I think, plays well into our strengths with a bunch of mile and a half. Uh, you know, Phoenix being the final four, Phoenix is a, a great racetrack for me. So we'll, we'll see how we can, how we can do, you know, looking at the near future with Darlington, Kansas, Bristol, uh, I, I feel really good about all three of those tracks. Um, and then even in the second round is probably going to be the hardest with Talladega and Roble. Uh, I 
say that it's all going to be hard, but Talladega Road will definitely throw as a, uh, you know, it's a wild card round. All right, let's go next to uh, Pete Icabelli. Go ahead with your question, Pete. Christopher, there's been a, a bunch of talk after that late accident at Daytona about the safety of the next-gen car. Do you feel it's as safe as it could be? Do you think NASCAR maybe needs to do a little work uh, on improving safety? Some of the guys have talked about, you know, feeling the hits a little bit more this year than in some years past. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a uh, a really, really big deal, um, and it needs to be addressed rather sooner rather than later. You know, we uh, we have a guy that uh, never mind. I'm not gonna go down that path, but it needs <laughs> to be uh, it needs to be addressed for sure. I mean, out of the few small hits that I've taken, um, it, you feel it a lot more, and most of the time, it's in your head, not your body. Thank you. We'll go to Mitchell Brewer. Go ahead, Mitchell. Christopher, how much pressure is there to start the playoffs off with a solid run at Darlington? Does that make that race more of a pressure-packed race just because you want to start on a solid note? Yes and no. You know, Darlington is just such a tough racetrack, and the, the Southern 500 is such a long race that – you just got to not beat yourself and, and guys are going to have adversity last year. I think out of the 16 playoff drivers, uh, darn near every single one of them had their own problems throughout the course of the race. So just making sure that you get through there clean is the number one goal. And, and the round of 16 kind of has been that way, at least for me, the last two years as just don't, don't beat yourself. Make sure that you take your top 10 um, or, or whatever you're capable of, whether that's a top 10, top five, top three, uh, you need to maximize your day and move on to the next one. But uh, Darlington's a really easy place to get yourself in trouble, and that's going to be the number one no-no going into the weekend. Thank you. Next, we'll go to Dustin Long. Go ahead, Dustin. Thank you. Hey, Christopher, you referenced earlier the mile and a half. Um, the Toyotas have been really, really strong there, and uh, we've seen a lot of speed there. Um, it, it almost seems like there's a pathway – you just exclusively through the mile and a half for almost any Toyota to get up to Phoenix with the way it's set up with so many mile and a half. How does that help you guys? You know, some of the mile and a half were taken away out. Obviously you don't consider Atlanta mile and a half in the sense it's super speedway racing. So lost a couple of those races, but to have so many mile and a half for in, in the playoffs, how does that help you and Toyota as, as a group? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that the racetracks really play into our hands for sure. Uh, I, I would expect Darlington, Kansas, Homestead, Texas, Vegas, uh, all of those racetracks to be tracks that we perform well at. Um, you know, the Roval is definitely one that we have circled on a, uh, a place that we need to focus on to get better. Uh, that, that's no secret, but I mean, the tracks are there. So hopefully we're able to execute on the tracks that we're good at and have great showings. And um, it, it's, you know, it's always easier said than done because everyone is going to be bringing their best stuff. So uh, I wouldn't expect the Toyos to have a huge advantage, um, but, you know, those are our strengths for sure. And also you referenced uh, the hits. And, and I know that at one point there was some talk about does anything need to be done with the, uh, the head protection, the head support. 
and, and I know some guys, it, it's a comfort factor as, as much as you don't want it, your head too close because then you're feeling every bounce of this car. Have you adjusted any of your head support since your contacts this year or even here lately? Or is that something that, you know, you're at, you feel like you're as good as possible. And there's nothing that you can do to help yourself in these situations. Yeah. I mean, my, my seat, my headrest, uh, I, I'm very content with, and it's been the same thing that I've had for the last number of years. And, you know, it's, uh, it's by the rule book and it, it, you know, passes all the, inspections and stuff like that so uh you know it's just a matter of getting the car to absorb the the impacts and not your body and specifically your head so you know it's uh it's a big deal and, and i hope that we're we're nascar is able to make some progress on it um here quickly thank you next question will come from david hoffman go ahead david Thank you. Uh, Christopher, I know having Adam Stevens on top of the box with his experience in the playoffs, how beneficial is that to have him, especially as it comes to crunch time here? Yeah, Adam's definitely one of the best crew chiefs you could ask for. A guy that has won two championships and before last year, I think he made the final four darn near every year with Kyle. So he definitely knows the ins and out of it. And it's really cool just being able to sit in with him in his office he, he, he has everything mapped out on roughly how he expects it to lay out and how many points we need to win per event uh so he's he's been around the block for sure so i rely on him a lot to lead us down this path and uh you know i, I feel like if i do my job then we're gonna have a, a really good shot at making uh or at least having a great showing thank you next we'll go to matias emmanuel viana go ahead with your question Hello, Christopher. I am Matias Viana. My questions are two. Uh, what are your expectations from the second playoff in NASCAR Cup? Yeah, so I, uh, I would, my expectations are to uh, hopefully make the round of eight. You know, I, I, last year we made the round of 12, and I feel like we're stronger than where we were last year. And last year, if we didn't have a bad race, in the round of 12, we arguably were uh, in the hunt for the round of eight. So um, hopefully we can get to the round of eight and uh, see where our performance stacks up there. What tracks do you like the most in the 10 races? Yeah, that's that's a tough question because I really enjoy uh, a handful of them. You know, Darlington. All right, everyone, we got our first caller tonight, Colin from Big Diamond Speedway, Ken Bruce. Welcome, <clears throat> welcome back. Excuse me. Welcome back to the Rowdy Maglite Show, Ken. Hey, thanks, thanks, Rowdy. Appreciate it. Uh, it's always good to come on with you guys. Ken got a big one coming up this weekend, man. That's your season finale. Uh, big money and uh, hopefully a, a beautiful weekend to do some racing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's our granddaddy of the year, and uh, you know closes out our season every year and. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. We should have a good field of cars, you know, in all three divisions and the, the modifieds, the crates and the road runners. Like you said, there's big money on the line for all three and, uh, weather looked good last time I looked. I haven't looked, honestly, I haven't looked in a day or so. So, uh, should be a great Sunday for racing. We're just racing Sunday this year. Um, due to some unforeseen circumstances, we had to, uh, cancel Friday night's, uh, uh racing show because, um, yeah, something with the 305s, uh, 
I don't know why they couldn't make it. But anyway, we ended up canceling it. So we're just going to race on Sunday this year, Cold Cracker Weekend. Ken, did y'all have any problems this year with tires? We have a lot. We've had a lot of issues with tires this year. Um, we seem to have made it through. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, unfortunately, we got rained out the whole month of May. So that probably helped. Uh, people were able to save tires the whole month of May and get them through the years. But, yeah, there's been a lot of weeks there where our uh, our park supplier has not had any tires. Uh, we are supposed to have tires there this Sunday, so that'll be good. I mean, you, we go through COVID, and, and you think that's terrible. And then you come into we're, a lack of tires. I mean, that's been going on now, what, the third season now. People have been worried about yeah. tires for the race. Yeah, last year, this year, and it's not just tires either, Rowdy. It's just parts in general, especially engine parts. Uh, teams are having a hard time if they break a motor. Uh, you know, I know one team that said they they broke a motor. They took it to the motor builder, and uh, he said he can't get parts till like November. So they're essentially they're done for the year. So that, that's been killing. Uh, I hear rear ends, you know, rears are a little problem to get, and uh, it's just been. Auto racing in general is just having a hard time getting parts right now. Uh, how do you sum up this year's season, Ken? I mean, uh, this last race. It's been a great season. Um, you know, we had a battle our, uh, in our modified division, went down. We had five drivers still eligible to win the points last week on the last night. And um, that, that's pretty good when you have five drivers still eligible to win your point title. Uh, ultimately, uh, Dwayne Howard picked up his eighth career title, or ninth career title, excuse me, ninth career title. Uh, he won the race, and he uh, Brett Kresley had to finish one spot behind him, and he couldn't do it. He finished two spots behind him. So Dwayne won the title by five points, so that was real exciting uh, to win the feature and then also win the title. Uh, the crates were great. We had, you know, Brandon Edgar uh, won the crate sportsman title, and, that was close to between him, Danny Buckapuska, and Logan Watt, and our road runners uh, between Seth Reichert or excuse me, Mike Reichert and Alex Shopstall. Alex that went back and forth all year round, and uh, finally Alex Shopstall pulled it out. You know, with a couple weeks to go, but it's been a great year. The track has been uh, fantastic ever since we came back from the rain. We had a, in April you know, because of the weather and everything. Uh, we had a couple nights there. The track wasn't the greatest. But uh, ever since we came back from May and started racing again in June, after all the rain out, uh, the track has been fantastic. And all the drivers have commented every week in Victory Lane and how good the track is, how racy it is. And uh, it's been a great year. Crowds have been good. And uh, we've had multiple divisions there. And uh, it seems like everybody comes to visit us. Uh, Division-wise, it has nothing but complimentary things to say. Well, uh, you know, getting down to the final end of the season, $1,700 or 17000 not 1700 That's a, That's a, a lot of money to be giving away. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of money. 17000 to win, $1,000 for 10th, and it's just 500, it's $500 just to take the green. So, uh, yeah, it's some good money on the line. Uh, the crates, they, they're paying $1,500 to win. Uh, this week, and the Roadrunners are 500, so everybody's going for some extra money. You know, we'll have a lot of, you know, cars that don't run there normally with us. Um, you know, we are going up against the Brett Dayo Elite Race up in Utica, so we'll probably lose a few cars to that. But, 
all the big guns will be down here, and uh, I expect it to be a, a wild and woolly affair. Hey, Ken, you got Kyle here. Uh, first question for you is, first of all, thanks for coming on. Uh, what was your no reaction to the to the Grandview news um, that just broke this, uh, I think yesterday? Yeah, well, I, uh, funny, the Sunday, Sunday morning I was visiting my uh, buddy where he works, and all of a sudden my phone started blowing up. Uh, people calling, texting, and, like, I, I have no idea what's going on, and, then I made some phone calls or threw out some texts and phone calls and got the scoop on everything happening. And, uh, it, it's sad. It's very sad. Um, I, I can't, I can't blame the Rogers. Uh, you know, if somebody offers you some great money and, you know, she's 80 years old, uh, you know, I'm, you know, Tina and Kenny, they've been doing this a long time, you know, her, her daughter and her uh, son. And, uh, you know, it's, it's sad, like I said, but it's, I can understand where they're coming from. It's just you can only do so much, and it's it's so hard now for racetracks to make a profit with tires and gas and getting people to come out. And it's, you know, all I can say, it's devastating for me. It's my closest track, so that really hurts. It's like the track, the only track I have near me is less than an hour's drive, so um, that sucks. But, um, you know, it is what it is, and, you know, it's, Modified racing right now. There's a few tracks that are on the brink, and uh, it's in the next two or three years is going to be tough for modified racing. I think. And I hope I'm wrong. I, God, I hope I'm wrong because I love modified racing. But um, yeah, we're going to see what happens. So, but it's it's definitely a uh, it's definitely bad for the area. Cause, uh, you know, I'm hoping another track steps up out in Central PA. There's talk that another track might step up and you know do the mods, but we'll see where that goes. And um, I don't know. It's just, it's sad for everybody. You know, there's a lot of them race teams up there just race Grandview and they run it because it's Grandview. And I'm afraid some of them will just go away. And that's, that's not good for the sport either. My second question for you is what are, what are some of the big storylines heading into Sunday's race? Uh, you mentioned Dwayne Howard winning the race and winning the championship. Uh, what was his run like this year? And, you know, can we see somebody like Alex Jankowski maybe repeat, or can we see a different winner come Sunday night? Well, I think Dwayne's got to be the odd-on favorite. He's won four races this year. Car has been typically the fastest car um, all year long. He just he can just rotate the bottom of the racetrack like no other car. And uh, with that, you know, a couple – if it wasn't for them when they flipped back in, I guess it was the end of June, they flipped one night, uh, that that killed them in the points. And, you know, they battled back and won, but that's what uh, that's what hurt them, made it a lot closer than it probably was. But but he's got to be the favorite, and there's no doubt about it. He's won the Cold Cracker seven or eight times already. Um, you know, Brett Kresley's been extremely fast all year, and, you know, I expect him to be going. And, you know, obviously Jeff Strong and Craig Von Doren are there. Uh, Ryan Watt, Rick Lawback, Billy Toss Jr. will be there. Uh, unfortunately, Alex Jankowski will not be there. He'll be at, to defend his crown because uh, he'll be racing at Utica in the Elite Series race. So he will not. So the defending winner of the Cole Cracker won't be there. But uh, we're going to have a good field of cars. And, uh, yeah, it's all about the draw. And uh, the track's been great. 
We had a fifty lapper there a couple weeks ago for the Freddie the Cold Cracker, and the track was great for all fifty laps. And this week would be twenty-two laps more, but the way Jake's been doing the track all year, um, I expect a good race. And you know, the last couple Cold Crackers have been started right in the pole or, or second, and pretty much led the whole race. And I don't expect to see that this year. I, I I'm, I'm not just saying that to build up excitement. I really think the way the track's been, I, I think you're going to see guys. Uh, back and forth to the front. So and it's it's going to be a great race. It, it takes a lot to get a track ready, uh, doesn't it, uh, Ken? I mean, you just don't go out and just throw a motor grader and, and uh, try to bring in the track. No, no. It takes a whole week to, you know, do certain things to it, aerate it, turn it over, get some water down underneath of it. And, uh, you know, that, it's it's a lot of work. I you know, give Jake all the credit in the world for doing what he does. You know, I, I don't know if you guys knew, but Jake, back in January, Jake was very sick. And, um, you know, he had a brain tumor. And it took him a while to get going and get over everything. And he's doing really good now. But um, it's he's done a real good job. And like you said, the month of April was tough. Yeah, and most of that had to do with weather. Just, you know, it's, it's hot and it's cold and it's rains and but uh, you know, from from June on, the track's been fantastic, and Jake's done a great job with it. My last question for you is, uh, you know, uh, with the dirt modified season starting to wind down a little bit, um, what are some other big races you're planning on? I mean, are you going to, to Grandview for the Freedom 76? Um, what what are your your plans for dirt track digest going forward here? Well, I got a lot, you know, obviously Cold Cracker this week for Big Diamond and Dirt Track Digest. And then uh, I'm going to probably go to Grandview for their championship night and definitely Grandview for the 76. I haven't missed a 76er in probably 20 years. So I definitely go there. Me and some of my photographer friends, we all go real early in the morning. We hang out and cook out. It's like a tradition for us. Uh, and then after that, you know, I'm not sure exactly what's going on. I'll probably hit Bridgeport one night. But then come October and it really kicks in for me. So I'm I'm pre I'm going every month the whole month of October except for first weekend. I got Super Dirt Week in Oswego. Um, then the following weekend is Port Royal for the Classic. And the following weekend is Eastern States weekend. And then the following weekend for that is Georgetown for the Mid Atlantic Championships. And then which is another Elite Series race that pays twenty five thousand. So next couple months are uh, pretty busy for me. Well, I tell you, uh, Ken, you can't get in trouble with that schedule because it keeps you busy running, doesn't it? Yeah, I can get in trouble with my wife, and that's about it. But, uh, <laughs> well, but no, no, she's she, she's awesome, and you know she knows it's my passion, and uh, you know she's really cool about it. The only one that really misses me is my dog. So, <laughs> well, I, I, I put a lot of miles on in a year, you know, and yeah, uh, I do too. It's it's amazing the people that we get to go and hang out with and be part of and man it just makes you feel good when you when you roll away from there with the people that you met and the people that you know and get to hang out all weekend. I I, yeah, I agree with you so much, Riley. I have friends I've met like I've been going to Super Dirt Week since I've missed two races since 1979 uh, when I was in Syracuse, now in Oswego, and me and my buddy have gone. Every year, for the most part, all that time. And I have friends that I've met that I'm real good friends with now that the only time I see them every year is at uh, Super Dirt Week. But we're friends, and we talk during the year. And 
you just make so many good friends in racing, you know, no matter what tracks you get to. I couldn't tell you the amount of friends I've, I have now through racing. It's, it's just, it's, it's fantastic. And, you know, we all talk the same language, obviously, and it's, it's great to hang out, have a couple beers and do some, uh, you know, bench racing. Well, that's I'm uh, at Darlington for the 500 this weekend, the Southern 500, and you know tonight I got here a little early so I could see some of my friends and drink a cold beer because when it comes Saturday, it starts at 10:30 and it don't let up till after the 500 uh, Southern 500 on uh, Sunday. I mean it's continuous. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah. I mean people go away down there. You get to do all, I, I like, there's a little bit of work involved in this, and then you put the heat, but I see that maybe it's going to be in the high 80s, and, and it looks like it's going to be a great weekend, too. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's awesome you're down there. I, yeah, it's one, I've never been to, I've been, you know, quite, I've been to a few NASCAR tracks, but I've never been to Darlington. It's just, sounds like a good time, and I know it's like the old, old back in the south days down there, it's uh pretty cool little town from what I hear. It, it really is. I just got through when I come in, went and got my credentials so I could beat the deadline, make sure I'm before they close, and then rode back around town. Uh, it's a neat little town. Ken, really neat little town. So, Ken, tell us uh, about Sunday's race, what starting time and where they can follow you and keep up with you. Sure. Well, you can... Um, uh, Sunday's race is Sunday, September 4th. Uh, rain date is Monday. Hopefully, we don't need it. But uh, pits and grandstands open at 4 o'clock. Warm-ups are at 7.15. Racing starts at 7.45. Um, you can – the admission is $35 general admission. Kids 6 to 12 or 10. And um, it, it's going to be a great day. You can follow – I'll do all the results. I do all the results for Dirt Track Digest. So, you can follow me at, at DTD. Mike, that's D C D Mike. That's uh, the guy that owns Dirt Track Digest, and I do all all modified updates through him. So I'll be updating that daily as it goes along. And uh, if you can't make the race, you can always get the pay per view on Dirt Track Digest TV. Uh, we'll have a full crew up there Sunday. Uh, we'll have multiple cameras, and uh, it should be a great. You know, we have really good cameramen and good producer. So it should be a good good thing if you can't make it. You know. Buy the pay-per-view and watch it. You'll get a lot of good views and good graphics, and uh, it's going to be a good day. I mean, for people down, and you know, in this long distances, Ken, that, that pay-per-view is affordable, and at least you do get to see the race. Yeah, you know, it's it's a good deal. We've done we do it all year long at Big Diamond. Uh, you know, they're one of our contracted race uh, race tracks, and uh, like you said, we. We've done every race all year long. Uh, the viewership's been good. And, uh, you know, people say a lot of times, well, you know, they'll stay home because they'll watch it. But the crowds at Big Diamond all year have been fantastic. So, it really, I can't see where it's hurt it there. So, um, it, should be, it should be a good time, and it will definitely be a good race to watch. Well, well, you know, like I know, seeing on TV is one thing, but applying all your senses to be at the track is – a completely different experience. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'd much rather prefer, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I have flow. I have dirt vision. But, you know, but I can't make it to tracks up in New York to watch races. And I just can't do it with my job. And, 
you know, stuff like that. And uh, so I do that. But I'd much rather be at a racetrack. It's it's just fun, like you say, hanging with the people and and uh, the sights and the sounds of it. You know, when the, when the race cars fire up, it's a pretty cool thing. Bruce, uh, Ken, appreciate it. Ken Bruce with Big Diamond. Thanks for being on tonight, and good luck this weekend with the Cold Clacker 72. Thank you. Thank you, Brady, and you have a great time down in uh, Darlington. Thank you, sir. I appreciate uh-huh. it. Okay. Thank you. A few Bye-bye. minutes with us before we kick off um, the NASCAR playoffs at Darlington later this weekend. Um, we're going to start with questions just to maximize the time that we have, and to kick us off, we're going to go to Kelly Crandall. Kelly, go ahead with your question for Kyle. Thank you. Kyle, you got me? Yeah, I got you. Okay, two things. First off, obviously, quite a change from last year where you came in as the favorite, all the wins, all the playoff points. So what's it like just being in a position now where you're back to uh, just, I guess, being the hunter trying to defend this championship? Um, Yeah, I don't know. I haven't put much thought into it. Um, Obviously, when you look at the points, I think last year we had 40-something, maybe close to 50 points, uh, something like that. Um, as we headed into the playoffs, where this year I think we only have 19 or 18. So, um, yeah, I mean, it already, I think, adds a little bit more pressure on, on each race, um, knowing that you need to go get stage points, stage wins, race wins, all that to uh, you know, help out your, your postseason so, um, or post-regular season. So, yeah, this first round sets up really nice for us and our team. Uh, three really good, really great tracks for us. So I think it's a it's a good opportunity for us to you know, have a have a good few showings, get some you know hopefully like I mentioned some playoff points and um, try and put ourselves in a better spot as we approach the next couple rounds. And last year was really the first year that you had a obviously a deep playoff run where you went through each of the rounds, you got to the championship race for the first time. How valuable was that experience to really see it firsthand, how the rounds work, what it takes, the value of playoff points and so forth uh, to get to Phoenix? Yeah, I think only one other time maybe in my career I've made it to the round of eight. So, um I believe anyways, I'm, I might not have, but uh, I think I did one other time um, where I, I think that experience is probably, even though I don't remember it, uh, that experience uh, would probably have taught me more and prepared me more for this, this year's playoffs, you know, cause you know, last year we kind of, you know, just not often I feel like that, that a driver, you know, has that many points. You know, I, I know Harvick and them have done it in the past, but you know, where you have a lot of points and you can, you can rely on those points and, and not go into each race with some stress of crashing or, or having something bad happen or, or if it does, um, you, you're, you're still not in, in terrible shape. Like I think the second round of last year we had, um, you know, a, a bad Talladega and then, um, you know, we had the battery issue or alternator issue at, at the Roval and, and then, you know, I was stressed out where I'd have been really stressed out I had the bad race at, at Talladega, just you know, that one itself. So um, I don't know, just go out there and execute and, and try and run up front all race long and, and actually hopefully put you in an okay spot. All right. Our next question will go to Matt Weaver. Go ahead, Matt, with your question. 
Hey, bud. Sorry, I had a couple of mics to unmute. Um, so your first full-time cup season was 2014. So the only era of cup racing you've ever known was the win and you're in format. And um, it's not traditional racing. It's not points racing. But is there – do you enjoy getting to September and the intensity of this format as a racer? Do you enjoy that kind of pressure cooker environment? Um. Sure. I, I don't know. Like you said, I don't have experience the other way. So this is all I've known. And it's the only way of, of racing in the playoffs. And I don't know if the regular season was that way back then when I was um, running, but anyways, the playoffs like being like this is the only way I've known. So it just kind of is what it is to me. Um, I think if, if I had raced another way, you know, how it was before, maybe I'd have a different opinion, but I don't know anything different. So um, it's just the way it's always been. And yes, there's, I think it just having an emphasis on winning is exciting for the fans. Having the elimination stuff is um, stressful and that makes things exciting too, to watch on TV and the storylines developing throughout each race. So I don't know. Um, Hopefully we can win some races and uh, just advance that way and, and would make things nice. And then as a follow-up, we hear all the time, winning is paramount. There's nothing more important in the Cup Series than, than winning. And yet we get to the playoffs in September, and all of a sudden we're all counting points. So it's not like winning is still the only thing, because in each round we're counting up you know, stage points and, and playoff points. So what is the balance with, with your team in terms of you know, trying to put yourself in position to win, but also first and second stage collecting max points? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's only a, you know, the road courses really and, and maybe super speedways a little bit, but uh, mostly the road courses where you have to sacrifice stages for the finishing position. So um, we've only got one road course in the playoffs. Um, so aside from that, you know, I think you're always going to go for the stage points and you know, the, the, the race win. Um, comes along hopefully with that obviously I think if yes there's cautions that fall at a certain point you know at the end of a stage and you have to sacrifice the points for tires or and fuel um, then I I don't know I don't know where we it it all just kind of depends on where you're at in the points I think at that moment Um, but yes I think everybody always wants just straight up go for stage points and and the race win. 10-4 thanks Kyle. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Okay, our next question will go to Pete Acabelli. Go ahead, Pete. Uh, hey, Kyle, what is it about Darlington that uh, that sets up well for you? And did you like the track from the first time you rode it, or did you have to get some times around before really you really found your groove here? Um, no, I mean, I think I think most of the time, most all the races I've had there have been really good. Um, you know. Maybe if I had some bad results, it's because I got into the wall or something like that. But um, before you know, getting into the wall, I always remember being competitive and, and having fun and run up front and have yet to get a win there. But um, I feel like it's probably in my top three, four for best tracks on the circuit um, as far as you know, running position, average running position throughout the race, stuff like that. that it seems to just fit my style. Um, it's just uh, really technical you have to, you know, move your line around a little bit, um, be patient, 
um, it's just fun. I, I really enjoy it. It's uh, slick. It gets hot. Um, it's just a very demanding racetrack. And I think the more demanding, um, sometimes it seems to be you're better suited for me. So hopefully this weekend we can go there and, and have a really good run and um, finally you know, crack, crack out a win there. Kyle, just another quick question. How do you feel like your regular season went, and do you feel as prepared as you can be for this playoff run? Well, I think our regular season didn't go very well uh, to our standards, um, but I don't really, I don't really know if anybody. I mean, you could even for for Chase, like I don't even know if his regular season was up to to their standards. There's a lot of inconsistency this year um, throughout the regular season. Uh, we had three blown engines now um, in the regular season, um, so a, a lot of DNFs, um, you know, with with that, but also mistakes on my part or bad pit stops. Yes, we got a couple wins, which was nice, but um, we also probably you know, gave away a couple um, as well. So I would say no, it wasn't it wasn't good, but uh, I do still feel like we are prepared for the playoffs. I feel like. You know, our, here lately, um, our pit crew's been performing well. Our cars have been fast all year long. Um, and Cliff and, and our guys have been making good pit calls on, on top of the box. And um, I'm doing a little bit better job of, of taking what I can get out of the race car and not overstepping things. So I feel like we're prepared. Um, we just got to hope that everything comes together. And uh, this is, you know, the time of the year for that. So. I know we have the championship caliber team. We proved that last year and just got to do it again. Okay. Our next question is going to go to Lee Spencer. Go ahead, Lee. Thanks. And thanks for joining us today, Kyle. Um, you mentioned just the inconsistencies that we've seen this season. And, you know, it's, it's kind of bizarre for you to have six DNFs as you, you know, mentioned, but um when you look at these inconsistencies, how much of it is the new car? Because I'm, it's really changed the dynamic in a lot of these races. I mean, we're going into these playoffs, and there's a lot of new faces. Ross Chastain, it's his first time. Tyler Reddick, his second time. Uh, Bell, second time. Briscoe, first time. Suarez, first time. Cindric, first time. There are a lot of first-time guys that are going to the postseason, and I'm just wondering how much of that, you know, is the new car and giving opportunities that we might not have seen in the past? I mean, yeah, it's hard to, you know, say that it's not uh, a factor in, um, you know, a unique set of drivers in the playoffs. Um, I don't know what it is about it. I think just the, the cars are more similar than they've ever been to one another. Um, there's more things that can go wrong in a race that, you know, take you out of it and, and you put others in contention. Um, I don't know. I think there's a long list of things that can you know, factor into you know, why um, it is how it is. But I think it's cool for the race fans to you know, see a different kind of crop of drivers up front all year long and, and now, you know, a different crop than we're typically maybe used to seeing in the playoffs. And um, I think it's, you added some storylines for the commentators and for you guys, and um, I think those are all good things. Could there be some big unknown that none of us are expecting that pops up, say, you know, round of eight even? 
Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I think we'd have to just kind of wait and see how things play out. Play out. I don't know because it is an unknown or, or what – I don't even know what is an unknown because we don't know what the unknown is. So um, I don't know. I, I can't answer that for you. I'm not really sure. You don't really feel like there's a clear-cut favorite right now going into the championship battle. I definitely think there's favorites, um, but there's a lot of craziness that's happened all year long. So, like, I'm even though I've got favorites, I don't. I'm not confident in in any of any of in anything, um, just because of how wild and inconsistent the season has been for so many people. So, um, I think I think you can look at us as being a favorite. I think you can look at Chase, obviously, in my opinion, Ross Chastain. Um, I would say, you know, us three probably, um, and, and definitely the Gibbs, the Gibbs guys that are in the playoffs. Uh, there's, there's a lot of tracks, I think, in the playoffs that suit, you know, their cars and setups very well. So, honestly, I probably look at them uh, as probably being, being the ones that can go out there and, and win. Um, I think there's other teams that can do a better job of executing, but I think those, the Gibbs guys are probably got the fastest, best handling cars. Um, to go out there and really win in advance that way. Appreciate your time. Good luck this weekend. Thanks. Okay. Our next question is going to go to Zach Sternalino. Go ahead, Zach. Hey, Kyle. Uh, You've touched on this earlier, but uh, just with your playoff history, there was only one other time that you were able to get into the round of eight uh, before the run you went on last season. So, um, what do you feel like the biggest lessons are that you've learned throughout your playoff history that you feel like you can carry into this year um, to better prepare yourself? Uh, I think that's not, you know, if you if you win, that's great. But um, if you're not going to win, you just need to maximize your day and make sure you're you're finishing the races. Uh, I think finishing is the most important thing. Um, you know, if you can if you can finish in the top ten or twelve um every week until at least you get to the round of eight you know, i feel like that's should be enough to get you in um as long as you're getting stage points too stage points are really important as well but um if you get if you get one finish outside the top 20 i feel like then you're you've got reason to stress so um just not taking yourself out of it has been the biggest thing that i've learned over my career of, of being in the playoffs i, I think when you're young, you think that, okay, now it's the final 10 weeks. I need to go out there and win every week or win at least once around. And that's not necessarily the case. So I think as long as you can just be consistent and finish, um, you know, let the other guys make mistakes. Homestead is also back in the playoffs this year. Is, is that one that you have your kind of calendar circled for as far as, you know, just being hopeful that you can get back to, to victory lane? Yeah, sure. I, I really like uh, – I really like Homestead. Um, it suits me well being able to run the, run the top and stuff and search for different lanes of grip. Um, I do feel like, though, with the next-gen car, uh, it seems to be a lot easier to run next to the wall, you know, inches off the wall. So I think, you know, I'm a little bit worried that the whole field will be running up there and it will be really hard to pass. But um, we'll see. It could be it could, it's going to be great no matter what. I mean, Homestead's awesome all the time. I'm just saying, I think compared to other Homestead races, maybe it won't be as, as exciting and as good of racing just because it could be harder to pass. But just got to wait and see until we get 
you know, once we get there. Um, but I, I love Homestead and I, no matter what package that we ran there, I always seem to love it and, and run good. So I, I don't see a reason why we, we shouldn't be able to go there and contend for a win. Thanks and good luck. Thank you. Okay, our next question will go to Chris Knight. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, Kyle, thanks for your time today. Um, I was just curious if there was any nervousness going into the playoffs with potential for potential uh, mechanical failures, given that you guys did have three uncharacteristic engine failures during the regular season. Um, I, I have not really thought about it um, until, you know, we blew up again this weekend. So, you know, now it's, it's almost, you know, most – not most. Our other two engine failures were early on in the year, so um, I thought we'd had it all cured and and stuff. And um, you know, to have a another issue pop up this weekend, um, which I think was a totally different issue than I've uh, had in the other two instances. Yes, I mean it, it, it's on your mind, but that's not also something that you have to you should worry about while you're on the track. So. Um, you know, there's nothing I can do for my position to, uh, you know, limit things from happening under the hood. But um, I'm confident that Kendrick Motorsports and the engine shop there is the best in the business. And um, they're going to continue to, you know, learn why stuff has happened and, and you make it better for the, for the future. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not, my confidence in them has not gone down at all. I'm still confident that we're going to have great power and great reliability. Um, but yes, it's, it's more on my mind now than it was um, just because it happened, you know, the week before the playoffs started. Great. Appreciate your time. Thanks. And good luck in the playoffs. Thank you. Okay. Our next question will go to Jared Turner. Go ahead, Jared, with your question for Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Um, thanks for being on the call. I was just wondering, uh, what what track or tracks personally give you the most uh, calls for concern in these playoffs? Um, uh, obviously, I think Talladega. Um, I think the Rovals in that same round. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's the round where, you know, you know us being the dominant team last year, it almost took us out. So, um, that's the sketchiest round for me as far as, like, a track that I don't do very well at, I would say Martinsville um, in that final round is, is a tricky one for me, but uh, I think it's Vegas and Homestead, maybe that round. So uh, those are, those are two really good tracks for me. So you hopefully if I do make it to the round of eight, um, we can have a great Vegas and Homestead and, and find ourselves in a little bit of a better spot once you get to Martinsville. But um I think still to me that second round is the sketchiest. Mm-hmm. And just to follow up quickly, um, earlier you were talking about, you know, several guys being in the playoffs for the first time. And I'm just wondering, um, does it, does it worry you that some of these guys, particularly guys, I won't mention any names, but guys that had been prone to cause issues in the regular season, does it concern you with some of these guys being in the playoffs for the first time that they might, might kind of drive over their heads a little bit? No, not really. I don't, um, no, I, I wouldn't say that, uh, that I think about it at all. Um, cause you're, I mean, you're going to be racing with them anyways, whether they're in the playoffs or not, and they're still going to be hungry for wins no matter what. So I don't think it changes much. Um, you know, maybe if they're in a must win situation to advance to the next round, 
um, that's when you get a little bit more nervous, but that's going to be, I mean, you're going to be, your awareness is going to be high for anybody in a must win situation. So honestly, to me, it doesn't change my mindset at all. Um, I'd be curious to hear what other drivers have to say. I, I don't think it would change their opinions either, but um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's my answer. And um, it doesn't really, I don't really think too much into it. Thank you. All right, Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. Our time with you is now complete. So thank you for your time on this Monday. And I know to all the media, we didn't get to everyone's questions, but thank you for those that joined. I will have audio and video up in this session. If you need access to that, feel free to let me know. Everyone have a great Monday. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Chase, can you hear us okay? Yeah, can you hear me? Man, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you spending some extra time with us this week before um, we have playoff media day on Thursday and then head to Darlington Raceway this weekend. So thank you for, for giving us a few extra minutes. Um, we really appreciate it. We're going to just roll straight into questions to maximize the time that we have. And um, I know that we may not always get to all the questions, but we will do our best to fit in as many as we can. So to kick us off, we're going to start with Bob Pockers. Bob, go ahead with your question for Chase. Yeah, Chase, do you see the playoffs as kind of like a, a second life, you know, for this season? Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, for us, you know, we've had small glimpses, I guess, of, of I mean, truthfully, I feel like we've had speed every week. We just you know, unlike a lot of teams, we run, I feel like, anywhere from 7th to 12th for a lot of the race, and then we finish 18th to 23rd, uh, the final last 60 laps, where other teams, you know, have, have kind of done the opposite. You know, they run 17th to 21st a lot of the day, and then at the end, they find themselves from 7th to 12th. So, for us, I mean, yeah, it's definitely a nice, I guess, little bit of a reset button. Um, I, I know we have the speed. It's just a matter of putting the whole race together and you know there's a lot of variables that determine that but um yeah i definitely think it's a bit of a second life to a certain extent and uh one that i'm looking forward to having and just how close did you feel like you came to flipping uh on saturday night and you know i'm curious to how you're feeling and you know just how hard it how hard a hit it was because i hear that you know when these cars come back down even if it's on all fours. It's a pretty sizable uh, hit. Yeah, it was definitely, you know, a unique crash. You know, I I didn't think I was going to get airborne. You know, I felt like I'd been sliding for quite a while. You know, when I uh, first originally felt that I got airborne and came back down, I figured somebody probably hit me in the door, but I never felt anybody hit me in the door. And then, you know, when I went back and watched it, I kind of saw it just naturally went up, and luckily it came back down. Um, but, yeah, you know, it definitely – I flipped sprint cars and stuff, obviously growing up racing them and, you know, getting in the air is definitely different in one of those versus a stock car. Um, but honestly, the landing, I was surprised wasn't, wasn't that bad. Um, I don't know if I, I landed, you know, luckily how it landed, it wasn't as bad. Um, you know, my neck's still a little bit sore. Um, but I don't feel like that was from getting air. I feel like that's probably just from hitting the wall. Um, but yeah, I felt all good. Um, you know, wish that it didn't happen, but definitely glad that it, it didn't, you know, get any worse than what it could have been. Thank you. Yep. Okay. Our next question. We'll go to Jim Utter. Go ahead, Jim. Hey, Chase. Hey. 
Good. Uh, kind of going back to Bob's first question uh, about resetting, uh, how much can you just describe a little bit what it does for you as a driver this season and maybe your team in general when you compare to where you were at this point last year in your rookie year and having not only a reset, but a reset where you actually are in the playoffs and still theoretically have a chance to win a championship? Yeah, it's definitely different. You know, last year, not that you don't have anything to to not race for anymore, but it's just different when you're not in the playoffs. You know, you're going to the racetrack, you know, the focus isn't going to be on you. You know that, you know, the attention to the things is just is different when you're not in the playoffs. So, yeah, I think for us, or at least for me this year, it's definitely different, you know, to know that you have a shot of still winning a championship, um, you know, just being in the playoffs, all of the things that come along with that from just an attention standpoint, you know, for our partners and things like that is definitely different. So, yeah, it's it's definitely nice. You know, I feel like our team is excited. You know, for us, we won, you know, whatever Phoenix was the third or fourth week of the year. And, you know, we've had a long time to think about the playoffs and, and think about what we're going to do and how we're going to try to do things in the playoffs. And now that they're finally here, it's nice because we have had a really, really long time to, to think about them, truthfully. So, yeah, I'm excited that they're finally here. You know, it is kind of going to be nice to kind of hit the reset button. You know, we've done not a lot of things well the last, you know, two, three months and, and haven't really had the finishes to, to show for the, I feel like, the speed we've had. So hopefully we can kind of hit the hit the gate running, you know, these first, you know, three weeks or, you know, the next three weeks for this first round and kind of show what I know that we're capable of. Um, I feel like it's all really good racetracks for me career-wise too. So I'm looking forward to it and hopefully uh, we can surprise a lot of people. And the fact that, um, you know, in a lot of seasons we head into playoffs, there are really clear favorites with uh, people who have accumulated a whole bunch of points and stand like far and above a bunch of uh, a lot of the others. The fact that there's a lot of more parity, uh, people are closer together in the points, does it kind of give you, I don't know, a little more hope maybe that, you know, it's it wouldn't be such a big thing to have to overcome in order to keep going through each round? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, it definitely makes it a little bit easier when, you know, there's not a huge point spread. So, you know, at the same time, because it's so tight, I think it makes it even more important that you can't have a bad race. Um, and the other thing I think a lot of people are, are overlooking with these playoffs is, you know, in the past, the playoff guys were so much faster from a speed standpoint. The non-playoff guys didn't even have a chance really to win any of the races or even truthfully contend in the top five to ten sometimes, where now, I mean, there's legitimately seven to eight guys that can still go win races that aren't in the playoffs, you know, that are still going to be battling inside the top five and ten that still have a lot to race for. But I think that's going to be even, you know, tougher this year in the playoffs than ever before just because you're going to have a lot of non-playoff guys up there in the mix that normally, you know, with the old car, you just wouldn't have that from a speed standpoint where with the next gen, there's just so much more parity, so many more guys that can run up front. So, you know, the point spread's probably going to be a little bigger than normal because, you know, before, if you were a playoff guy, you were going to run, you know, 15th, top 15 fairly easy, where now, I mean, you can be a playoff guy and run 21st just because there's a lot more guys that can run up front. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how that plays out. You know, the first two rounds, I think, are the toughest two rounds just because you can't eliminate yourself and kind of how the racetracks play out. You know, there's a lot of opportunities to make mistakes at those racetracks. So hopefully, uh, you know, that's one thing we haven't done a great job of this year is, is limiting mistakes, but hopefully we can do that now. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. All right, our next question will go to Pete Acabelli. Go ahead, Pete. Uh, hey, Chase. Um, 
you know, I'm sure you've heard the, the discussion about the safety of the next-gen car and that accident at Daytona kind of brought some of that back to the forefront. Do you feel as safe as you possibly can in that uh, in, in the next-gen car, or do you think NASCAR maybe needs to do some more tech on it? Yeah, I mean, for me, I've, I've only crashed the next-gen car truthfully twice where I feel like it was like a hard wreck and they were both at super speedways and both of them were way better than I thought they were going to be. You know, the Talladega yeah. wreck, sure. I thought was going to be way worse from a fuel standpoint that I felt fine. You know, I was sore the next day or two, but I felt like that was kind of typical. You know, I, I obviously, I think there's still stuff that we could do to, to make it better, but I think even the old car, there was still stuff we could do to make it better. So, you know, I think that's the hard thing right now with the next gen car is, you know, the old car, we had literally probably thousands of data points that we could look at and crashes where right now, you know, we're not even probably in the hundreds yet. So it's just hard to kind of pinpoint what we need to do better on this car. And as it, you know, runs and as we get go through the years, you know, I'm sure we're going to continue to make progress on it and make it better. Uh, but I think it's a, you know, it's an always, it's a moving target. You know, you're never going to be perfectly safe. I don't think you're a race car driver, you know, you're running nearly 200 miles an hour, anything can happen, but you know, the, the safer we can make it, the better. But, I mean, I'm confident the NASCAR, you know, wouldn't send us out there if it wasn't something that they don't think safe. So, yeah, it's going to be safer, absolutely. But at the same time, you know, I do think I've taken two hard hits and I've felt okay. But at the same time, you know, obviously Kurt's sitting out. So everybody's body reacts different. Um, you know, yeah, I absolutely think it could still be safer, but I, I think it's safe right now at the same time. And I don't think it's ever going to be, you know, bulletproof. So it's just a hard object. Uh, it's a moving target, like I said, and yeah. until we get more data on it, it's going to be really hard to kind of pinpoint it, I think. Thanks, Chase. Yeah, thank you. All right, our next question, we'll go to Zach Sternalino. Go ahead, Zach. Hey, Chase. Um, hey. With this being your first foray into the playoffs uh, in the Cup Series, how are you approaching these next three weeks as they head into this first round? Obviously, I know the, the goal is to make it a 10-week 10, 10 stay, but – um, just as you approach these these first three weeks, what's the mindset? Yeah, I think, you know, just not to eliminate ourselves in this first round, you know, Darlington, especially the Southern 500, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to tear your car up at some point in the race, you know, running on the wall. And I think just for me, <clears throat> you know, the regular season, like I was saying earlier, I just haven't done a very good job of finishing where our car had the speed for. And I think for me, just these next three weeks, you know, if we have an eighth place car, just try to run seventh or eighth with it. Don't try to win with it and, and end up costing yourself, you know, a 10 spot difference. You know, you got to just be smart about it in the playoffs and, and understand the bigger picture. And uh, that's something I haven't done a great job of this year. So, you know, I think that's my biggest focus these next three weeks is just limiting mistakes, you know, doing all the little details right. And I feel like as long as you do the little details right this first round, you should be able to point your way through because there's going to be guys that, that eliminate themselves just by making mistakes. And if you can limit your mistakes and not make them super detrimental, uh, I think then you should be able to make it out of that first round at least. So that's what we're going to try to do. Darlington and Bristol have been pretty decent tracks for you in the past. Uh, does that give you more confidence that you can, you can uh, limit those mistakes at those two tracks specifically and have an opportunity to advance? Yeah, I mean, truthfully, how the, the playoffs are at the racetracks, I feel like, you know, all 10 of them, well, with the exception of Talladega, I feel like are all really, really good racetracks for me. 
um, statistically, and just I enjoy going to all of them, you know, with the exception of Talladega, just because of what can happen there. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely excited. You know, I feel like this first round, you know, I've I've wanted all three of these tracks before. Um, you know, the next round we have the Roval in there, and, and Texas has been really good to me too. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited. Um, you know, I, I know. I know I'm capable of doing it. It's just a matter of putting it all together. And, and like I said, limiting mistakes. And if we can do that, you know, there's, there's no reason why we can't make it to Phoenix. I feel like, because we've, we've shown when we do all the things right, whether it's at Phoenix earlier in the year, or, you know, the cook 600, when we put the whole race together, we're always right there battling for the win. It's just a matter of, of doing that all day long. That's where I've struggled, you know, as a team, we've struggled a little bit doing that as well. So if we can, you know, do all the little things, right click you know these next 10 races if we can get to phoenix we know we're capable of getting it done there as well so we just got to limit mistakes and and i know that's hard to change in a matter of a week but you know i I think if we could really put our mind to it and really focus on it you know the regular season yeah we still made them but we didn't have the pressure of the playoffs and there was no penalty if you you know went for trying to win the race where now there's a huge penalty so yeah, I think you just got to manage it all, and, and hopefully I can do a better job behind the wheel and uh, just give my team the best opportunity to try to get to Phoenix. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, thank you. Okay, our next question will go to Kelly Kramer. Go ahead, Kelly. Thank you. Hey, Chase, so you've been in playoffs before. You've gone through it in the Xfinity Series. This, of course, will be your first time in the Cup playoffs. Do you have an idea of just maybe how this is going to be different than what you've done before at the Xfinity level? Have you gotten a good look last year, kind of if the intensity is different and just what guys at the cup level go through to kind of have a good idea of what to anticipate? Yeah, uh, it's hard because until you're actually there and experience it, I think it's hard to say what it's really going to be like. But I know for me, at least in the truck series and even the Xfinity series, the intensity definitely ratchets up i mean the stages i remember in xfinity i think as a kansas you know battling for seventh was some of the hardest racing i've ever done just because i knew that one point was going to make a difference and now you know with the cup series i think it's going to be different this year too just because like i was saying earlier with all the non-playoff guys that can still run up front so i think just the intensity is going to ratchet up even more than it already has um so yeah i think until I get going at Darlington and, and kind of feel out how the intensity is going to be. Um, I think it's, you know, one way to expect what it's going to be like, but until you get out there and do it, I know it's going to be more intense than what I've done throughout the regular season, just because it's way more cutthroat. Every position matters even more. So yeah, I just got to go there and, and until we experience, it's going to be hard for me to sit here and tell you what it's going to be like, but I think I have an idea what it's going to be like. <clears throat> Darlington and Kansas are tracks that you all have seen already this year with this car and have some track time. So does that bring any bit of comfort that right out of the gate in the first round, you get to return to tracks with a little bit of a notebook? Uh, yes and no. I think, you know, if you were really good there the first race, then yeah, absolutely. It probably brings you a little bit of comfort, but you know, for us, <clears throat> I will say Darlington was probably a little more of a struggle than we originally thought it was going to be um, just because it has been a really good track for me in the past, but uh, we think we know what we kind of were doing wrong there. So, yeah, I'm definitely confident this time around that that we're going to be a lot better. You know, Kansas, we were really, really good at there. I think I was running fourth or fifth, and I spun out. Uh, so that was on me. So I know we're going to have a car capable of going there and running good. Um, yeah, just got to, you know, go week by week and kind of see what hands you're dealt for, you know, the following week because it's going to determine – how you have to run the race, you know, how aggressive you got to be just because of your point situation. But yeah, you know, I, I'm definitely 
it's going to be nice to kind of know what to feel, you know, especially at Darlington and Kansas, just the look you're trying to find or the feel you're trying to find in practice and, and kind of know what to expect from a car driving standpoint for sure. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. Our next question will go to Lee Spencer. Go ahead, Lee. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today, Chase. And yeah, no Lee. Um, are you working with a personal trainer? I can't hear you, Lee. I think you covered up your mic or something. Sorry about that. I said, are you still working? Are you still working with a personal trainer? Uh, so I've been Peloton at home. I don't know if that counts as a personal trainer or not. But no, whenever COVID, so we used to have Dan Jansen. And uh, whenever Ford had COVID, well, when COVID happened, um, Ford let Dan go. And I think now he's actually with Chevy. But, yeah, I was always using Dan through 2017 until 2020. And then after that, I haven't had one since. I started going a little bit to Pit Fit. And then it was like 45 minutes from my house. So I quit doing that. And I just kind of do my own deal at home now. Okay. Because I was just kind of curious. You know, you were talking about the stress, the intensity. And I was wondering if there was any, you know, change to the routine, change to the diet, just trying to make yourself. No, not really. I know I've definitely tried the last, I would say, four weeks. I've tried to be better about just working out um, and trying to be in the best, I guess, shape. You know, I I haven't felt like any time this year I've been out of shape in 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 a race. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I definitely have tried to slim down for the playoffs a little bit. I think I'm down like eight pounds right now. So trying to, to do everything I can for my team, at least, to, to be a little bit better. I was just curious whether or not Storthouse Racing, especially, you know, having an affiliation with an F1 team, um, you know, if they had a nutritionalist on board or anything just to make no. it fit. At one point, at one point, I want to say in 2019, we had one for like, Literally, it was like two months, and then not anymore. Appreciate your time. Good luck this weekend. Yeah, thanks, Lee. All right, our next question will go to David Hoffman. Go ahead, David. Hey, Chase. Uh, thanks for taking the hey. time. Yeah, um, no problem. What have you been able to learn just from your teammates and uh, your boss, Tony, just about how to approach these playoffs? Yeah, I think just, you know, obviously, like we were talking earlier, uh, I forget who asked it. I think Bob, you know, about the second win question. You know, kind of the same as, as Tony was in 2011. You know, everybody had written him off, thought that there was no way he should even be in the playoffs, and he even said it himself, and then, you know, to go out there and make a run like he did. So, yeah, I think just, you know, using that to your advantage and knowing that it is a, a reset in a certain sense. You know, everything we did the first 26 weeks, I mean, yeah, it mattered to get to this point, but now, you know, you could win the first 26 races, and if you have three bad races in a row, you're out of the playoffs. So, it's all kind of irrelevant to a certain extent, you know, outside of getting you here. Um, So I think for us, you know, just using that uh, to go and and know that, Hey, you know, just because we've had a bad two, three months, whatever it is, doesn't mean that we still can't do this and we aren't fully capable of of making a run. And then just, you know, talking to uh, some of my teammates that have been in the playoffs, just about, you know, limiting mistakes and making sure that, you know, you don't eliminate yourself, you know, is kind of the big thing, especially the first two rounds, or at least the first round, how you don't have to win. You know, you can you can point your way there, and, and that's something that, you know, is hard for me, obviously, I feel like at times, is to, to understand the bigger picture and, and realize you don't always have to win the race or try to take a, you know, 12th-place car and win with it. You know, you have to be able to take a 12th-place car and, you know, run ninth with it. That's a huge day when it comes to playoff time. So, you know, just talking to those guys from, from that side of things, I feel like has been a big help, and, 
I'll probably talk to Kevin before Darlington and, and kind of just feel him out a little bit more about, you know, things I should, I guess, try to work on come playoff time. But, uh, yeah, outside of that, that's really it. Awesome. Good luck this weekend. Yeah, thank you. All right. Our next question will go to Chris Knott. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, Chase. Thanks for your time today. Hey. Um, I just wanted to, to talk to you about Stewart House Racing and how important it was to have two cars in the playoffs compared. Look like for the longest time, maybe it was just going to be you and then Harvick was able to get back-to-back wins at Michigan and uh, Richmond. So I was just wondering for for you, is it is it going to help you to have a teammate that's in the playoffs from like a handling-wise, teammate-wise, just overall notes-wise going into the playoffs with this next-gen car? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say, you know. Obviously, from a company standpoint, I wish all four of us were in it because, you know, financially, you know, for our partners, everything, it's better to have all four cars than playoffs. But, you know, at the same time, you know, there is a lot of pride, I think, whenever, you know, out of four cars, only two of us made it. And, you know, to to be able to, to be there with Kevin, you know, is a, a huge deal, I feel like. So, yeah, I think, you know, come playoff time, there is pros and cons to each. You know, now that there's two of us, you know, we obviously have two teammates that can try different setups or, you know, if we're in the middle of the race and want to maybe make an air pressure adjustment or something, you know, that we're not 100% set on, you know, one of them two guys can now try it and kind of validate it for us. And then hopefully on the racetrack, you know, it'll help just to, to know that them guys are, are going to watch, you know, they're going to watch your back. They're going to try to help as much as they can, you know, in the situations where it makes sense. So, yeah, I think, there's pros and cons, you know, yeah, I would love for all four was to be in it, you know, and be able to, to go battle, but, you know, having, you know, two of us in it and two of us out of it, there is some pros to the two guys that are in it now to, to be able to use those two guys to, like I said, try setups and things like that. So, yeah, I don't know until I get into it, I, I guess, and see how it all plays out, you know, with the two of us in and two of us out, you know, it's hard to say, but I feel like there's pros and cons definitely to each. All right, thanks, and good luck. Yeah, thanks, buddy. All right, we'll take an additional question here. We're going to go to Nathan Solomon. Go ahead, Nathan. Thank you, Chase. Thanks for the time today. Um, you know, you talked about it a little bit earlier, so it's more of a follow-up. Um, obviously, not the summer you've wanted. Is there more urgency to start off the playoffs stronger? Yeah, for sure. You know, just getting off on the right foot. You know, if if you go to Darlington and, you know, run 25th or whatever whatever the number is, if you have a, an issue or something, it, you're going to pretty much be in a must-win, I feel like, at that point. I, it's just hard to be in a must-win situation and, and go out there and, and execute it. So, yeah, for sure. You know, like I said, we've been in the playoffs for a really long time um, and have been able to think about, you know, going to Darlington, starting, you know, the playoffs on the right foot. And you talk about it a long time and you think about it for a long time. And then if you can go there and actually do it, you know, there's a, a certain, I feel like, confidence and just, you know, when you talk about doing something, you go do it. It just helps team morale, all those things. So, yeah, definitely it's important to, to go there and get off on the right foot and, you know, just have a good day, a solid clean day. You know, these last couple of weeks, we just had weird stuff happen. You know, even sometimes out we're doing, you know, Richmond, we were going to run, I felt like, top five fairly easily, maybe potentially try to win the race. And, um, you know, just randomly our exhaust catches on fire. So just weird things like that have happened. And hopefully at Darlington, we can, uh, you know, avoid all that stuff and just have a good clean day. And I, I think it's four of you that are in the playoffs for the first time, including yourself. And there's two others that are in their second playoff run. So a lot, a lot of younger guys here in, in, in the playoffs this year. So uh, is that an advantage that you, you maybe 
gone through a playoff run with, with some of these guys in the Xfinity series before, and they just kind of learn learn their tendencies. And is that an advantage for you going to the your first cup playoffs? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, the more you race around guys, you definitely kind of know their tendencies a little bit more. You know, I've raced a lot with you know Bell and Cindric and Reddick. You know, a lot more than I've raced against a you know Ryan Blaney, for example. So. Yeah, just knowing their tendencies definitely, I feel like, helps, you know, knowing what they do in certain situations and things like that. But I don't know. All these guys are so good. You know, it doesn't really matter. You know, they, they always are switching it up and, and you kind of keep you on your on your toes as far as a guessing game goes. So, yeah, I don't know. It's nice to at least understand how a lot of them guys race. And, you know, I feel like the more you race with guys, the more respect you have with them and just makes things easier. So, yeah, I guess that it is unique that a lot of us are in our first year of the playoffs or you know some of us in the second second year and uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of how the intensity you know ratchets up because of that thank you yeah thanks all right well chase we, we've used all of our time and including about five minutes over with you today so thank you so much for spending yeah, no time with us i know we didn't get to everyone but i really appreciate everyone joining we'll have the audio session um today available for anyone who needs it. So Chase, thank you again. We wish you the best luck this weekend. Yep. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Remember, Full activity this weekend. Start Saturday morning. Here at Darlington Raceway. The credential trailer opens at 6 on Saturday. So get your credentials early. Infinity practice at 10 to 10.30. Qualified at 10.30 to 11.30. Then at 12, at some practice. Group A and B, Driver's introductions at 2.30 on Saturday. Stay tuned. Keep that light shining, y'all.